What's up out there? Taking a little trip to Banter Town. <laughs> We're bringing that back. <laughs> Hey, Johnny. Hey, what's up? You know, somebody actually uh, emailed me this weekend. People email me. They say, I've been really enjoying going to Bantertown. Like, they still say it. So I felt like people, I should you, say it. You say people, but it was person. It was one person. <laughs> but, but there's, People are talking out there. But there's been more than one. I mean, before. Yeah. I've had that happen more than once. Mm-hmm. Therefore, hence the plural people. Was this your mother? It was not my mother. My mother's in the hospital right now. Oh, no. But thanks for bringing it up, though. I appreciate that. Well, it's for shoulder stuff. <sighs> yeah. Well, it's not like life-threatening stuff. Well, it feels... She's not... No, what I'm saying, you act like I was, this. like, stomping on your mom while she's she, terminal or something. Like, your mom had shoulder surgery, and I feel terrible because she already had shoulder surgery, and right. it, didn't, it didn't work. So my mom fell on my deck at my new house, missed a step last year, oh and it was awful, and like just broke her humerus and her shoulder, and we had it all pieced back together, and then all that came apart, so they did a shoulder replacement. and um, We had it all pieced back. I like he said we. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the pool party, we're like, let me have a crack at this. Someone bring me a pocket knife no and a wonder, bottle of alcohol. No wonder it didn't take. Stat. Yeah, my poor mom, man. She's the sweetest lady in the world, and she's she's been through it. But Mama she's, D she's been is a the best. Big shout out to Mama D because she'll listen to this in the hospital. We used to stay at your house, and uh, when we were in a band together, and we would stay at your house. If we'd come to Na- anywhere near Nashville, we'd stay at your house, and your mom would feed us. Yep. And then my favorite thing is she'd be like, "Take it easy, you guys," and then later on she'd be like, "Now y'all want to help fold these towels?" Like she'd have chores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'd make chili for us or whatever. But then she'd be like, "Help fold these socks." Yeah, I like that. Oh yeah, well, it's matronly. I was very. We were raised in a, and you know, we had a family business, and uh, but it was do your part. You know? Yeah, everything was doing your part. So I, like I don't it. know why you complained about it so much. I'm, I waited you're all still these 20 years. Years are still. I was. It's bothered me. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to feel better because it's a bummer. And it um, is. Yeah. And I'm dreading getting old. I feel like that's coming for me. Did you see the guy in the Masters that hit a par three, the par three challenge the day before the Masters, right? Uh-huh. So they all just get out just for fun. They, it's like it's for charity or you win $20,000 or whatever. Yeah. So this guy had a hole in one. A lot of them do. He runs down to get his ball and the grass is a little bit dewy. Oh, no. He dislocated his ankle, just right angled his ankle. And then he popped it himself back into place and then just kind of limped on. He played in the Masters. He finished top ten. I can't remember the guy's name. It's not somebody who's like a, a you know a yeah. household name. He finished top ten, and then he Instagrammed a picture of his ankle <laughs> after the fact. And the thing is rough. Wow. So he was a trooper, man. Uh, yeah. But you can watch him go... He reaches down uh, and pops his ankle back in. Oh, dear. It's really bizarre. You know, you and I have both had some ankle issues. We do. We have trick ankles. Yeah. My, I've broken my ankle twice playing basketball. That's not good, John. And were you weren't there the, well, you weren't there the last time I broke it, were you? I don't think so. Because um, we were down here on this court. It always happens down here where we play. It's sloped. Yeah. Uh, for well, drainage. We, we turned our ankles elsewhere, too, though. We used to do it in Knoxville, too, but... I don't break other guys' ankles so much with my ball handling <laughs> as I do my own. You should see my moves. I broke my own ankles. That's how good this guy is. He broke his own ankles. Uh, you got to let your joints know what you're about to do <laughs> so they're not surprised. 
Yeah, the guys, I don't know if I told you the story, the guys like gather, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Well, get it submerged in ice water. Well, you know, I have a, a real thing with cold. I'm not a big, yeah. I don't like cold. Nobody does. And so they went and got like one of those five That's gallon. called not being a professional athlete, John. You have <laughs> know, to put cold on things. Like I think I have everything a professional athlete needs except right. the ability to sit in the ice bath. Like that's that's all I'm missing, Johnny. It really is. It is. And I just – I can't – I see them in there. I don't – how are they doing this interview right now yeah. in an ice bath? I would literally be – I need not even shiver. It's called hypothermia. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. I always wonder if it's fake, like if those are like – pieces of like plastic or something. plastic and it's just floating in warm water <laughs> like well you know you got to give 110 percent out there and uh, like none of this is melted What's he, going he's on? actually in a hot tub it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> be a good gimmick <clears throat> i'm sorry you're gonna hear a lot of that john is sick again guys i can't i can't shake it i don't know what's going on uh, you have pills you know i was watching i found a new british uh, like period show on Netflix. Okay, uh, it's not new. It's been around. But you ever, you ever watched Poldark? No. Poldark. So this is a guy. He's a British soldier. Starts off. He's in the American Revolution and gets injured and stuff. I'm already bored. And then he comes home. And this is like his life back in England. And so uh, anyway, last night there was an epidemic. They call it the putrid throat, and uh, oh which gosh. was like. Uh, which was like it was actually strep throat, but it could kill you. It was you. also my seventh grade grunge band. <laughs> Give it up for putrid throat, yeah. all the way from Knoxville. Yeah, we weren't from. Yeah, but um, the uh, that was like there was no antibiotics, so strep strep throat could kill you, and did. It uh, turns into scarlet fever, I suppose. Really? Yeah. So strep throat, scarlet fever, same oh, streptococcus. My wife looked it up. You know, she Google's everything. So, I wonder what but you're on pills for coughing because I saw your jar of pills here. Pills are good, but that's an odd thing to get because coughing means you have like a scratchy, like tickly throat. So, Correct. pill it should be a liquid to coat. I'm on a the pill. liquid. I'm on the liquid too. I want to see you cough up one of those pills, like trying to choke <laughs> it down. It just goes flying across the room. Well, <laughs> let's try again. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I was up half the night again with the tickle. The throat tickle. Ever yeah. since college, really. I told I told this nurse practitioner that I was like, yeah, I sleep with a cough drop in my mouth every night. And she was like, that's dangerous. I can't, no, I don't think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous. You it wind up in your hair. You no. just spit it out, and you wake up, and it's like on you. I know You've been this. Bejeweled. I pocket it like in the roof of my mouth, so that the so that it slowly melts into my throat all night. I have this hole. Yeah, you pocket it. Yeah, it's like a. Yeah, I'm not like just – it's not just like on my tongue and I'm actively working it or something. Like I have to put it in a place so that it – Johnny, I have issues. I have major, major issues. I need medical attention desperately. And I'm on so Allegra. You have, your, you have Allegra. You have this jar of coughing pills. You've got an inhaler, which you say isn't working. I don't think the inhaler does it. And then you I think have, it's just air. You have a LaCroix, but it's not a LaCroix. <laughs> it's a Kroger brand. And you, you disgusting. You call it. It's a LaCroix. LaCroix. Yeah. Um, That's terrible. Yeah. I, I'm just. You know I don't I mean? get the LaCroix people, but whatever. Maybe. God love you. If you want to drink. Are we a people now? Are we yeah, like a, I, a tribe? I'm, I'm lumping. It is a tribe and I'm over it. Johnny. I think it's bad and you don't want to admit it's bad because you think it makes you feel like 
you know, very, it's very frou-frou. It's, oh, I look fizzy. It's no, you're, it's terrible. Let's admit that it's bad and move on to a better tasting drink. Tony, I think that you just don't like good things. Like you don't drink coffee, so you have no, who cares what you think? I don't like bitter, hot things. About anything. I like sweet things. Like once you say to your listening audience right now, I don't like coffee, then 98% of the people listening have totally lost all respect for you. Well, look, I'll do my best to earn it back, and I apologize. What we want you to do is, on the podcast, drink some coffee. Let me make you a coffee you would like. No. Have you ever even tried it? Yeah, I used to drink coffee. No, you did not. My mom drank it, and I would drink some of hers just to be like, I'm a grown-up, you know. And I was like, this is garbage. (laughs) So you were little. Which yeah. explains the the yeah. uh, stunting of your growth because you're only what six four yeah. or whatever. I would have been six ten. Yeah, that's what the doctor said. He says he had some coffee, and I was like, I have. Yeah. Well, you know the thing is, Johnny. What I know is, and my my, my mom is really we're really picking on mom. So my mom makes coffee like they fill up the the coffee tray with grounds. Like it's a really strong coffee. It's like hospital level coffee yeah. or teacher. Uh, um, mom, it was a lot of cream. I'm gonna put a lot of cream in. Well, that's yeah. You gotta yeah. But I mean. I don't know. I just think still you need you need a good you need a good latte. You know, if you had a if you had a. But we have things that that we make that I already like, and I'm good. Yeah, like Mountain Dew and stuff. No, not Mountain Dew. You love Mountain Dew. Don't act like it. I, so you're trying I, to you're in here criticizing drink, La Kroger. I and, drink diet Mountain Dew. Okay? <laughs> oh, that's so much better for it's, you. It's it's better for you. It's it's new. It's they're going to replace the only thing in there that was natural, which was the sugar. It's, <laughs> it's neutral. We figured out a chemical that makes your body think it's sugar. How about that? <laughs> huh? And it's got like eight, your eighteen syllables. Coming? Eighteen syllables. It's coming along. Uh, You're doing good. Every time we eat, you always get the salad, and I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Because I often don't right now, and I need to. You don't want to order first. I don't. It's like you want to see what I'm going to do. You're my excuse to continue being That's off like a the couple wagon. thing. That's like a couple's thing to do. I do that with everybody I go to eat with. It's I want to know what they're going to do first because I don't want them to be like, I'll have the, I'll have the Caesar salad. I'll and have the that. kale chips. Right. And then I'm like, I'll have the uh, bacon cheeseburger. And I just don't want to be – I have shame issues obviously and people-pleasing issues. Yeah. And I, I think that – John, we, I just know that I'm pleased with you. Well, I appreciate that. I, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> you might even say that I'm well-pleased. <laughs> That's fine. So you just literally mm-hmm. just got off a plane. This is how much I care about this podcast. We're doing this in the airport right now. This is how much I care about this podcast because I had – nobody wants to hear your dumb traveling story, so I'm not going to go into the whole detail of it. But we stayed an extra day in Orlando. I had a show uh, near Orlando. We stayed an extra day to go to Universal Studios, mm-hmm. Florida, and we were worried it was going to be storming. It did not storm. It was a nice day. We went. And then we woke up to First of all, did you like Universal Studios? It was great. I will talk about that in a minute. Okay, okay. We woke up to a text, and it just said, because you'll get these updates from Southwest. Right. Your flight has been delayed 10 minutes. Mm. Don't forget to check in for your flight. It just said, your flight is canceled. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, can they do that? Can they just send you a text? Good luck out there. (laughs) So, you are officially living I'm in reading, Orlando. I'm reading it in a soft voice, even though it was a text. That's really weird. But anyway, that's how I felt that they were trying to push it across. Like, don't panic. You know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you had to go rebook and all this. And so all the flights were being taken that day, you know, by people who were panicked to get 
home. Orlando was under severe thunderstorm warnings. A huge monsoon came through, hailstorm. Mm-hmm. So I had to get my rental car back before it got hail damage on it. Mm-hmm. I was panicked about that. I was kind of parking underneath the little thing at the hotel. It would be covered, though, wouldn't it? What do you mean? No, no, no. My hotel parking lot wasn't covered. No, no, no. Your hail damage would be covered by insurance. Well, yeah, but it's a hassle. And I didn't rent through my normal people, so it was Alamo. Oh. And I just thought they're going to give me the runaround. It's going to be weird. Yeah. It was a mess. So I was just like, let's not. Why would you want to deal with that if you didn't have to? So I was just trying to like yeah. ride it out underneath the little covering. So anyway, then we got to the airport. Uh, okay, but then we realized the flight that we were going to do was delayed another 30 minutes, which pushed into our uh, – whatever you call it, our layover for the next one, Hmm. our connection. So we weren't going to make the connection. We were going to be stuck in Houston. So I was like, I don't want to get stuck in Houston overnight. Let's see if we can just drive home. So I was going to drive home. Then we couldn't get our bags Hmm. in the airport. For three hours, we waited to get our bags pulled off the plane because we were going to drive from Orlando home. That didn't work out. So we drove to Jacksonville and stayed the night in Jacksonville after not getting our bags. Hmm. They woke up this morning with the clothes still on our back. And flew from Jacksonville home. And then I got home, fed the dogs, and then I came here to do this podcast. That's... It's dedication. Well, I got nothing else going on. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, I'm glad you made it. But Universal was cool. Yeah, it was cool. You know, all the rides are going to this uh, virtual reality vibe mm-hmm. now, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have, I guess it's easier to build those. And they're more immersive, you know, than a right. roller coaster. You know, they do smells and stuff, too. They had some that were called 4D. Like, I did one yeah. that was a Shrek. It was, like, more of a theater, that one was. It was, like, the seat would rattle and whatever. But that was yeah. more of a theater experience. But, yeah, it would spray. Like, Donkey would sneeze, and it would spray a little mist at you. Yeah. Like, Donkey had sneezed on you. Which is just delightful. <laughs> All four times that they did that joke. Oh, but, anyway, there was, like, the Spider-Man. We did it the day before, the first day, though. We did Spider-Man, and it's just, like... This car that you're in flips and flurls around inside this little room, but it feels like you're moving in this vehicle chasing down the scenes, and it goes to different scenes where the villains are, and they're cartoons. Yeah. But, man, it it made me so nauseous <laughs> that first day, because we, st- we did two days. We did two half days, basically, there. And it was made me so I was like, I'm so old. <laughs> and I, we had to, like, sit down. Let me let's sit down, take a break. <laughs> Have a churro. Talk about this. <laughs> and we had to come back. So then the next day I was like, we took a Dramamine and we were like, we're going to get beat this, you know. So we did another few of the rides. And yeah. like I think I got less sick the second day. We did Transformers. It was the same thing. I kept thinking, are there – because we rode the regular – there was a couple regular roller coasters. One was called the Hulk and it was great. The yeah. Hulk ride's really great. Uh, and it did make me sick, but I'm jammed in this thing, you know. Right. Yeah, then they cramp they, – clamp you down you know and if you're a big dude like i'm real tall and big shoulders like and i'm just fat too so it's just like i'm crammed in the seat and uh, i'm just like there, there was no there was nothing no moving in that seat and you're just kind of like when is the but the ride was cool but all the ones that were motion i think that's where we're headed is to this virtual reality immersive experience yeah. and all the theme parks will just be big huge warehouse rooms yeah the rides are basically big warehouses and you go in and then you don't know what it's like even the simpsons ride made me nauseous Huh. And it's like, do you get nauseous on cruise ships? No, it was just the the visual of it, and then the, the you fall, you feel like you're falling, and they jerk you back, and it's just you don't get nauseous. You don't know what's when, gonna, you don't know what to expect when you read in a car. No, so nothing. No, it's interesting. I don't get motion sickness normally, but I'm telling you, this was it was like 
It was like the thing that shakes the paint, you know, at Home Depot. <laughs> I felt like that. I felt like they just didn't do a number on me. <laughs> the thing that shakes the paint. That's and it just exhausts you. You're kind of like, Whew, I need to chill for a minute. But we rode a bunch of rides. It was cool, and it was a nice day, so it wasn't too hot, too cold. But uh, I, I did definitely feel like the 18-year-old, 17-year-old me would have had a way better time. Yeah. You know, well, um, my wife has a business trip coming to Orlando, and they, oh, yeah. they want them to bring families, and it's on the oh, Sadie's property. Sadie's going to flip out. <laughs> It'd be like me and Sadie because Laura has to work some if yeah. we go. Um, you know, and the weird thing is, when she was little, we went to Disney, mm-hmm. and she because I'm kind of a roller coaster enthusiast from yeah. my old youth pastor days, and so we got on everything, and she was great. And then I took her when she was like four years older, mm-hmm. and she was scared of stuff because like. Her imagination had grown, I guess, you know. She had more time to think about it. She, you know, could, uh, it was <laughs> She's like. She's more neurotic now. Yeah, it was like I had. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, and so, like, Space Mountain, she was great the first time. And the second time, she freaked out. I'm like, yeah. hey, we've already done this. But it was like, now she's old enough. She had well, yes, a- the fears are, are more, they're, they're more present. They're less irrational. Like, when you're a kid, you're like, there's monsters in my bed. Now right. she's like, no, this ride will decapitate me. <laughs> I read about it on the news. <laughs> right. She's like, I Googled this and it's unsafe. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm hopeful because I don't know why. She's I pr- tall enough to ride everything? Oh, yeah. Because she's, yeah, she's like yeah. a kid. Yeah. Well, that's great. It's the perfect age then. Right when they get to be tall enough to ride everything and you can take them. I mean, it's going to be, oh, the, yeah. it's going to be the best day. But I'm telling you. She's going to flip out. If she can get through these rides without getting motion sickness, they're the best rides. They're, they're better than roller coasters. Sure. As far as what the experience of it is. But see, it's all that it's, it's all that, um, that other stimulate, those stimuli mm-hmm. that I think is what – it's like, again, Space Mountain. She's fine. The roller coaster been outside in the, right. in the bright. And you can see the loop coming. You know what's to expect kind of. Right. When you don't know that Doc Ock is getting ready to yank yeah. your car and pull it to – and you just like – you feel your it – it's, it's a strain. It's a – yeah. It's a very I'm – ho- I'm hopeful. But like second day or third day at Disney, she'd really open back up to it. But, but if we were going to do one day, I'm just going to take her just like, you know – Absolutely overstimulating things over and over again. We're going to see what happens, but we're just going to try it, Johnny. What can go wrong? What? Fill her full of candy first and just let her, let her rip. Look, if you want this ice cream cone, you'll get on that roller coaster. Something that's like that. Great. I don't know, so. That's the best parenting. Well, that's, uh, that's exciting, man. I'm glad you made it home. Thanks for coming in and um, being a part of the podcast. Yeah, and I missed you. You preached this Sunday. I did. And I missed it again. I did. I, I, was don't, know if you, I don't know if you missed much. So, I, w- I heard it was amazing. Really? No. I, was say, I, I can't talk, imagine I anyone who would have told you that. I talked to <laughs> the same person who's still saying Banter Town <laughs> was there to say to lift you up. I did. Yeah. I was in the Gospel of John again, so I did John one, John three. Sorry, verses like one through. I did Nicodemus at night. That that whole story. So Nick, Nick at night. Nick at night. Why did I call it that? Did you not? I did not. You just said to me Nicodemus at and night. And I didn't even. <sighs> no, I did a whole Waffle House intro instead. You know. Yes, where you, you know, it's like Jesus. Nick at night does sound like a youth pastor that's trying to be relevant. It really does. Hey, guys. Like you're wearing jorts for some reason (laughs) on a Sunday morning. Hey, guys, let's talk about Nick at night. Nicodemus, that is. (laughs) Hi, oh, am I right? All the kids are saying it. I remember one time uh, this guy who we both interned under as youth leaders, where he was trying to talk about Mephibosheth, and he kept calling him Mepho. <laughs> we had all these kids would be like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> me? Me what? Mepho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Mephibosheth. Oh, that was a great story. There are a lot of biblical men. That's the thing. It is interesting trying to, to teach kids stories from the Old Testament, a lot of the names, any Bible names really, you yeah. know, that didn't kind of, they kind of died off. It's like, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough sell because they kind of clock out with a five syllable name. Right. They're already like, I'm out of this story. Right. This isn't relevant to my life. You know, and I really, I really, the, 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 I guess, whatever those blocks are that cause us to not want to hear things, you know, because suddenly, why would the number of syllables matter? Like why, but it does. And, and those things bug me. I, I get bugged right now about not people not having the right information, yeah. but all the blocks between us and our ability to even hear the, the right information. I, I really, yeah. I really struggle with the, with whatever it is culturally that keeps us from hearing things right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, I don't want to blame. I mean, I, he's like an old, an old codger. You're like, it's just social media. You know, like you just, it's always a social media. And like, I don't want to be that guy, but I also just, I, I feel like that we're, that we're, I had a conversation some other day, like somehow we're, we're myself, you know, all of us, I, I don't have to use my brain as much because of the yeah. devices or the, right. the information, but I, I still feel dumber because yeah. of that. We're not smarter. Yeah, I, uh, I think about that. We made we did all these things to make our life easier, and now that it's easier, we're not any happier. In fact, we we've we've lost something somewhere. Yeah, you know, it's like we're. I don't have to. I mean, it's okay to have convenience, but I think it's it's gone to the point where it's like, wow, like I bought a universal remote because I didn't want to pick up three different remotes. <laughs> And three and, magic devices. And then I got the universal remote home and I, it took me forever to program it. And I didn't like the interface of the universal remote at all. And so now I just have this $60 remote that I don't use and I'm still picking up three remotes, except I'm mad. <laughs> it, I don't, and then you, you, ha- yeah, you get outside yourself. You're like, what is, so I already felt selfish and dumb for buying the $60 universal yeah. remote. And now I feel like, well, I can't take it back. I've programmed it. I put whatever. I just don't like it. So I'm just going to have a $60 paperweight now in my home. Well, it's like we have to now – we have to like fabricate adversity to right. like exercise. That's what that is. So there's – do you watch the show Timeless? No. So it's a time machine type show. You know, oh, okay. and, and the bad guys have a time machine. The good guys have a time machine. The bad guys are trying to take over the world by changing history and they – trace where they go and they go and try to stop them. And so they brought back this guy who was like the mastermind, had the whole idea for everything during World War One. They save his life because he actually died, but he'd written all this stuff and they bring him into like two thousand eighteen. Yeah. And so um and so you have this dude from nineteen thirteen who's yeah. and and he's making these observations, you know, He's he's recovering because they got him off the battlefield, you know. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, now we know exercise is good for your body, so we need you to do this and drink this and and all that. And he's like, and he got this meal. It's like this meal took three minutes. Like, what do you guys have? What do you do? Like, right. There's nothing to do here. You're, everything is brought yeah. to you immediately. Or and, you would think like, well, with all this extra time you have, you must be creating <laughs> so much more. You know, and, and it's like, like a actually, GIF. no, I made a gif today. You know, yeah. is it a GIF or a GIF? I don't know. It's a GIF. God, are you serious? Yeah, it's GIF. Are you positive? Because the G stands for graphic. What? So it's G. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it does. There's lots of things you could you could change the hard to the soft G. It's a G. Are you positive? Uh, I'm telling you. Because you live in this world. 
Well, not really living it, but I'm saying mm-hmm. I, I have enough media guys in my life. Yes, yeah. that they and they're roll, all they roll their eyes right now. Yes. Going, John said, you know, it's like, listen, he did. And Choosy moms. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's gift, but but yeah, it's it's yeah. What do we do with the extra? What do we do with the days that we're given, John? Mm. It's mm. not. <laughs> it's not the amount of breaths in your life. It's, it's the, the amount moments, of life in your breath. It's the moments Wait. that take your breath away. Wait. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size, size of the fight in the dog. You know who said that? I used to think it was like a boxer or something. Like, it was me like Sugar Ray Robinson or something. You know who said it was? It was Mark Rocky Twain. Balboa. Mark Twain, which made me immediately go like he totally had an illegal dog fighting ring. One hundred percent. Samuel Clemens was fighting dogs, killing dogs. <laughs> I'll never forget that that uh, Mark Twain humor award when Alec Baldwin. Oh, he came in on Tina Fey (laughs) as Samuel Clemens. (laughs) He said, what is it? He said, uh, he said the very, I'm so proud to present this award to the very deserving Tina Fey. That's a strange name for a man. (laughs) He goes, what? She's a, no, the brains aren't shaped right. (laughs) And then he like storms off. But he did the whole thing of like. I was on a riverboat and I. Oh, he did a it. saying. Yeah, he yeah. wrote down a saying. I, I pushed. I pushed that man overboard and stole his identity. <laughs> it was a wonderful story. <laughs> what a wonderful story! <laughs> he writes. He wrote down. So he, time travel has really affected his ability to write down clever sayings. And I can't remember the clever saying. It was something like, uh, "I wrote. A, I wrote one yesterday." Uh, <laughs> Two men can learn as much by milking a cat as a third man from a very tall fourth man. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> I love ridiculous things. Ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, things. well, but Mark Twain fought uh, definitely uh, had an illegal dog fighting ring, and but I think it's interesting <laughs> when you find out who wrote a quote. Sometimes it can tell. Oh wow, well, that was I did not. I think that's who that was, or like the quotes that were attributed to like ten people. Yeah. I did. We put a quote in a, that marriage book, and the editor said, "Actually, this is because all over the internet it says yeah. it's this person." And then she corrected us, and I wanted to know how did she know, right? If it's all over the internet, what, ma- what makes your source better than mine? And like, maybe she's using like books. There's a quote that says, uh, "It's amazing what can be accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit." Yeah, and it's been attributed to like ten people, <laughs> which is such a funny <laughs> irony. And we still don't know who gets the credit. We don't know. Yeah. That's like Coach John Wooden is one, but like all I mean, there's a ton of people that it's been attributed to. Patton. <laughs> <coughs> I'm really sorry about the coughing, guys. This is um, unbelievable. I just can't. And unprofessional. I can't do it. Um, we're gonna, not going to this. We're try to get through this. Sunday was rough. I made it. I made it through. Oh, that's right. You were sick Sunday. I took a lot of extra preaching pills that day. Well, that's um, heroin. <laughs> what is a preaching pill? I don't know. Okay. I just, I, just, I was. Are, you, you mean gospel pills? <laughs> oh, I oh. That's from that's oh, from like Gospel oh, Bill and Eugene probably. Gospel. I was thinking of Gospel Bill the other day were for you? some reason. Yeah, dude, he's a pastor in Oklahoma, still doing it, doing yeah, it. Uh, Church uh, on the uh, move. Uh, 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 Willie George. Willie George. I wanted to say Eddie George. That's another guy. That's a different guy. It's <laughs> a running Willie back. Willie George and Eddie George running back for the n- Titans. Although Eddie George is a Renaissance man himself. Uh, literally, he uh, is a Shakespearean trained actor now. He really? played Othello last year on Broadway. Huh. Uh, he's actually evidently unbelievable. Triple threat. Just sing, dance, act. Football. All of it. Football. <laughs> Quadruple threat. <laughs> he can that... run it up the middle if you need him to, <laughs> run in the middle of the play. 
<laughs> so I don't think that's the definition of a triple threat. He's well, triple threat in triple threat right, in no, the, know, you know yeah, yeah, their yeah. world. It's a singer, dancer, uh, actor, actor, right? But yeah, if you Ball take it, <laughs> and Heisman winner, like you know, there's just a lot of things. Yeah, I think at that point you're just achieving for the just to achieve. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you've done enough, bro. Like leave well, some but, for the rest. But you of You finish us. when you're 30. What's that? Is that your phone? <laughs> I literally I can't get yeah, the John, you're very important. I we can't get, get the Bluetooth to stop vibrating. You're very important. Night. We get it. <coughs> Sorry, and then I no. I mean, when you finish your football career, you're like thirty something, and that's why a lot of these guys they fall into depression or whatever else, drugs, and they blow all their money, whatever. Like they don't have any other pursuit. I think it's kind of cool that he. Is going against the normal jock thing and being like, I think I want to do this. No, I think it's great. I'm just teasing. I just why do you hate Eddie multi-talented? George? Anyway, it wasn't Eddie George. It was Willie, Willie George. Willie George. Willie George is a pastor in Oklahoma. Started out with children's ministry. Eugene the puppet. Yep. And, and if you don't know, Bell. if you don't know, like Assemblies of God or Pentecostal, you probably don't know Eugene, do you? Is he, I don't he was know. was he nationwide? I don't talk to many people that know about Eugene that weren't in our sphere. Know. I don't know, um, but Gospel Bill, though, the Gospel Bill show, yeah. and Nicodemus. Oh, right. this is full circle. Oh, it is. Oh, Nicodemus was a character. He was like his Festus. Yeah. It was a Wild West. Yeah, it was a Wild West thing, and there was like a lesson every time. It was very like Andy Griffith, but with Bible stories, and he would, you know, it was it was great. Andy Griffith meets Gunsmoke meets a terrible puppet show. When you're a kid, though, it was unbelievable. You were oh, like, sure. Oh, this is, this is great. Eugene had lessons, bro. Come on, man. He was bringing lessons. it. Eugene was bringing the word. I often think, you know, about because you know I've talked about. Could you write, mm. you know, could you write a show that would be really like funny and relevant and from a Christian perspective? Would it be possible in today's day and age to wait? I mean, they're, they're, the movies I think that they're writing have vastly improved. I know yeah. people still roll their eyes a lot of, of, of the... Well, people go into them looking for... Right, they're going oh, in... Oh, I see. Them. This is the part where... We're so cynical now. Right. That, I agree with you. It's hard to do. Like, you go into Wonder. Did you see the movie Wonder? No. And ball your eyes out. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's the the overtones, you know, of it. And it, it, it was it was great. Um, but... And, I, and again, I'm I'm a horrible... I haven't watched a lot of the Christian movies. I know that's crazy. I just... You know. I've heard I can only imagine is pretty great. Really, I, I've heard good things about it from everybody that's seen it. Well, I can only imagine uh, what it would be like too soon if you saw it. It's got I, uh, 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 his dad is uh, shoot the actor Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. I was going to say Randy Quaid. That's Randy wrong. Quaid is not well. He's yeah. Didn't he kind of have a break? He had a break um, while he was on a break, and he um, he's like yeah. He's one of those like. The government's out to get me, kind of guys, and he's not so he he literally he played that guy in Independence. He became the character that he played in Independence Day. Wow, yeah, and uh, so it's pray for Randy Quaid. Wow. dot com. <laughs> uh, it's a website I just set up for no reason. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, I can only imagine it's supposed to be good. I saw The Shack. We watched it with our Did with our really? life group, and I'd never seen it. I'd never read the book either. I read the book back in the day, and uh, I really liked it. I cried and everything. It made me cry. Yeah. I don't know how dark it was because the book is dark. I mean, yeah. the the premise is very very dark. Right. Um, it, it, it had a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of it in there. It was a good story, and um, you know, a lot of people took issue with you know they the way that they present the Trinity or whatever, and they just I don't know. I think some of that's we have weird hangups about stuff like that that 
aren't necessarily. My problem with the shack is as long as the here, – here's my problem with everything you know, today. It, can you let this be something that you take a principle from as yeah. opposed – because there were – I can remember there were a lot of students back then that Christian schools and stuff, some of them were on the progressive side were having them read it. And they were – they were taking it almost like a scripture. Yeah. Like, oh, well, all these things are, are – this is possible. It's like instead right. of – instead of – it would be like reading The Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe and thinking yeah, that, Pilgrim's Progress and thinking that Jesus is really a, really a literal lion today yeah. and that that story happened in the Bible. And yeah. you're like – so – but I do think like that that idea of, of being able to distinguish in life, you know, it, and it kind of goes even to the message. Like, okay, so right. I love the message. You know, and and does it really matter to the modern reader who's trying to especially rediscover yeah. things of faith? Um, somebody's coming to faith, and this is such a great opportunity, and they don't necessarily understand the intent of the guy who wrote the message. He yeah. wrote that for his children so that they can understand the Bible in a, in a different way, but understand the difference between a paraphrase and a translation. Because what we're doing on a Sunday often is we're we're you know doing an exegetical study, like we're trying to go into what the original language meant and we're trying to help you, you know, take away something that is, is very right. important to faith. And if you treat all those things the same, that was my issue with the shack. You treating this the same as, as the story of Jesus or the other things. And I think that there's at least danger there of things becoming very mystical yeah. because Christian mysticism is a thing. I mean, and, and it's, we begin to kind of combine everything, realizing, not realizing that, Christ, the apostles in the early church would never – no, you can't You can't just mix these things. That was Paul Paul's point in a lot of his early letters to the churches of – you know, that, that had come out of paganism or come out of other things that, hey, be careful. Be careful what you take and mix. You, you know, you've had temple prostitutes. <laughs> so we need to teach you what Christianity really says about sexual immorality, that this yeah. is not something you can just mix. And that's what Corinthians is about, that, that there has to be separations. And so I know – Saying watching the shack and going to mysticism and prostitution and all those things, but having That's quite some, a leap, John. Johnny, I, I went a long way in a few <laughs> seconds, but <laughs> but there's so much about how you know I'm going to use the word that James uses, and I struggle with it every day. How worldliness, you know, comes into it, and how much to be separated from the world, how much then to be a part of the world, to be in it and not of it, and all those things. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a daily thing to to not know. To, I, I, a lot of people don't necessarily have the wisdom of community or the wisdom of God's word. And I think we're all seeking it to know how to make those decisions. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think for sure I wasn't like, I've took everything's like, well, this is all, well, I, know I you think did. I know I can yeah. filter things, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I thought there's some interesting choices. You know, I remember reading about it originally. The big kerfuffle about it was that they presented, uh, the character of God as a black woman and how could they do this? And it was clearly God's a man. And it's, it's, you know, when, when I, in the context of the movie, it made more sense to me. Cause I mean, I grew up with a, you know, an absentee father, abusive father. And so she's just, he was surprised by how she looked and finally asks God about it. And she says, I just know in your history, I didn't think you could handle a father right now. And so it was just, I'm going to present myself this way. It wasn't like, I'm going to change. I am not inherently this way, but I'm I'm changing the way that you you, you view me. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I was fascinated by that, but it wasn't like I took, okay, well, okay, now God's a black woman. Like, right. I didn't walk away thinking that, but it was interesting that 
we we do choose to we fight over the, this weird stuff like as though god is a literal man that has literal male genitalia that that matters to us not that he's a spirit that created everything like we choose to fight over this this weird stuff so i think the shack was this weird dividing line in the sand i think it was a necessary thing that happened it was a cool cultural event and but i thought the movie was more solid than i expected you know yeah. theologically actually so I haven't seen it. I did read the book, <clears throat> yeah. But and I do believe, you know, you know, the the body versus spirit thing is a big, yeah. You know, reading some books lately. I mean, coming to coming to grips with the implications and the the wonderful implications of the fact that there is a human being in heaven today, yeah, in a human body. You know that that Jesus was resurrected in a glorified body, and that that body is in heaven and, and beginning to, you know, I used to always say, um, even at funerals, you know, well, you know, that's not, that's not that person there. That's just their shell. And really when you begin to research the history, that's actually a a heresy from, from way back when that's actually a sort of a, not just a heresy. It's like a Greek, um, idea that your body is evil and that your spirit is the right part. And that kind of has crept into Christianity. But, that the way God made Adam was a body mm-hmm. and a spirit. Like Adam is not one or the other. He is a he is a body and a spirit. And so I used to even quote that. There's a I forget if it's C.S. Lewis or someone. You know, I I'm not. I don't have a. I don't have a body. Or sorry. Okay, help me get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am quote, a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. <clears throat> well, he would say it's not that I have a body. Or that I have a spirit. I am a spirit. I have a body. That's right. what it was. So right, you know, right. everybody, my spirit thinks this. Well, no, I am a spirit. I, my body thinks this. Anyway, um, and I think that I think that probably a more a more grounded viewpoint is God never intended your body and spirit to be separated. That was not the way He created you. That's why death feels so awful. That's why it's so unnatural. That you know, it was not God's original intention, and He's going to correct it. And that's why He's going to resurrect. I mean, why doesn't He just create a new body? You know, right. Why doesn't he just make make something out of you know nothing? Instead, he's choosing to redeem, resurrect, and glorify the body you have now. Which, in my mind, means I mean you're going to look like yourself. I don't know what age or whatever, but you know there's going to be recognizability. They recognize Jesus. That you know it took him a while because he hid himself from them, but he looked like him. You know, and um, so that. That whole idea of not so then you talk about God and all those things. I don't. I don't know. I believe that angels have bodies. Like mm-hmm. I don't think they're. I think that they are ministering spirits. The Bible says too, um, but but they have a form. You know, and Jesus has a form, and 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 there's there's. I mean, lots of ministry. It's just it's a fascinating topic to me. Right. But coming to the place where I don't just say, you know that. I begin to realize that my body is a part of my being. You know, yeah. and it's it's the separation that's happening. As you get older, that this is aging and, and, you know, the the one day that one will have to leave the other um, and then realizing that's not – that's why we're all sitting here, you know, upset about getting old. I mean this is not the way it was supposed to be. It doesn't feel right. You know, it's not not God's intention for us originally. So anyway, interesting interesting thought. Well, I don't know. But I agree with you about Christian film that it's it's in in an interesting place because it's it's advancing as far as like – People are going, you know, I can only imagine it had good reviews even. Yeah. It had like good whatever tomato meter, Rotten Tomatoes ratings. Um, 
But like like you said, we have uh, it's like a cynic. There's a cynicism built in, and also like if you go back to the Google question and the the information age that we're living in, people want to kind of guess the ending. Yeah. First, we never really we never really were that way when I was a kid. I loved being surprised by things. I I liked the twist. Now we're looking so much for the twist. Uh, that's really what comedy is. Like I have to think of the joke that you're not thinking of. Otherwise the act is hack. It's not going to work. If you think it's, if you, if, you, if you already have thought up something just as funny as what I'm going to say, there's no need to pay me to come tell you. Yeah. I need a total left turn. And with Christianity, you know that the character is going to have a redemptive moment. There's going to be a thing. There's going to be a bow put on it of some sort. And to varying degrees. And in the, in the beginning, all the Christian films had to have the weird lightning moment where he's on his knees and he accepts Christ and it's storming yeah. outside and there's a thing. And he has a moment where he turns his life around and he, he drops the needles in the on the grass or whatever. And he walks away and he's free of drugs. Whatever. There's always that. And now I think <laughs> Christian films, they're more honest and they're more – well, they're being made by people who are going through real stuff, and they're not. We're we're living in a culture now where it's a little bit easier to talk about. You don't have to have. John Christ calls it vague struggles. Like Christian music has to have vague struggles <laughs> right. to work. You know, um, you can talk about. Yeah, it's really hard, but thank God I have you. You know, you can't talk specifically. Right, the tides are rising, and right. the desert is long, and right. it's all it's all allegorical, metaphorical. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I think the that oceans are deep. They had a lot of water references. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting. It's an interesting time, and I don't know what will happen, but I think entertainment in general is in a weird crisis. And I think for Christian entertainment, it's even worse because you, our story's been laid out, you know, mm-hmm. with, with you know, it's just like with a, with a secular movie or, or whatever, a, re- a regular movie that's not got a Christian theme, if you decide to just kill the lead character off or have him drink himself to death, like in Leaving Las Vegas, when Nick, where Nicholas Cage won an Academy Award, he drank himself to death through the entire movie, committed suicide. Like that, that's not an option. Right. <laughs> you know, there has to be some redemptive quality. That's what you would want anyway, I guess. But uh, the fact that they're a little bit less bright and sunny and everything is all roses, if you just choose to follow God, then you'll be fine. And I think it's a it's a step forward that we can at least be honest and, and vulnerable and sincere. No, and I think it's what we, I think it's what still today there is an unspoken um, an unspoken idea that if I give my life to God, then things are going to be easier. Um, or if I the words I'm using, if I give my life to God, not as if I it's it's all very much on us, and there's a there's an outcome. That we have an expectation for, yeah. And instead of a theology of that God is drawing you, or that God has chosen you, or that He is doing something towards you, I don't know if I told you about the. I used this idea Sunday. It really hit me the other day that where I used to live, you know, Old Hickory Boulevard. I told that story Sunday. I just mm-hmm. didn't use your Benjamin, your brother's name, but <clears throat> Old Hickory Boulevard is a road in Nashville that literally starts and stops all over town, like it has. There's an Old Dicker Boulevard in Hermitage. There's one in Murfreesboro. There's yeah. one in Brentwood. There, I mean, it's all all sides of town. I think there's one in Bellevue that's everywhere, mm-hmm. and they don't always connect. 
And so if you're coming into town and, and back before the age of GPS and all, uh, B was coming to watch a show and he saw it was on Ulker Boulevard. So wherever he was coming in, he just took the first exit he saw What's and ended one? up in Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow, I still don't know how that happened, but because um, <laughs> he had to get on a, another road eventually. But yeah. um, but out way out near Ashland City, which is where I grew up when I was real little and kind of in the country, Ulker Boulevard like dead ends to the Cumberland River and it restarts on the other side mm-hmm. and there used to be a ferry there. And this this idea hit me the other day that if I want to cross that river, if I wanted to cross the Cumberland River in my car, yeah, then I could back up and go really fast, as fast as possible, you know, and I might make it further than your car, you know. Yeah. I might make it thirty feet before I sink or I might make fifty feet before I sink. I might go buy a Volkswagen because supposedly they'll float the old ones like Herbie or whatever, and I can try to go across. I might get a truck with a exhaust that comes out the top, you know, and so it's not underwater. And But odds are I can make it further than someone else, but there's zero chance that I could successfully get my car running at least to the other side yeah. of that river and back on the road. But if there was a ferry, then I could just pull my car onto the ferry, hmm. shut off the engine, and I, I'm aware – I had a role, which was to get onto the ferry, yeah. to, to you know, to to come onto that ramp. But the last thing I would do when I got to the other side was get off and start boasting that look how my car crossed the Cumberland River. Right, like I would I would realize, and then I think that the real essence of faith, and back to the whole idea of us not talking about re- the real issues and that things are hard, is that we we have an expectation that I'm going to have to overcome all of these hardships in life that's what that's what our successful christian life is going to be it's going to yeah. it's going to bring with it you know this this constant um you know uh, overcoming of all of the difficulties in life and there is an overcoming and we do but sometimes uh you know i think we become so self effort driven that we feel like we're trying to cross a river and we're drowning in it like it's just not it's not working um and what began to change in me was to go, you know, I just need to turn off the engine and rest that, that, that this is what Christ does for me. I'm, I'm in Christ. I'm not really doing this. I'm in Christ doing this. And he's going to take me to the places I need to go. I have a role and, and, you know, I have to, I have to believe, I have to respond to that. Um, but, you know, you begin to look at – and we were watching that Poldark show, you know, and, and they, the scarlet fever happened and they lost their, their like two-year-old. Yeah. And I told you before when I researched my family history, you know, it, it, it was – it's so common. I mean like 45 percent of children died in infancy during those days. There's no antibiotics. There's no this and that. And they're mourning and they're dealing with it and they're struggling with it. And you go – you know, but what they didn't do what – what I did not see them do in those days – I know it was acting and everything, but I don't think it was to the period that they were – they would question whether or not – God was good or whether or not existence matters, you know, it was like, look, death is a part of this and this happens. And but we now demand – where is it now that we demand the fairness uh, of this was unfair? There's something right. about – I have a – I have a say in what's fair in the universe now because of the enlightenment and other things. Now I, I know and we've, I think, married that into faith that we're surprised when bad things happen. And then we – and that's one of the main reasons people question God. They question God because I thought that if I believed you, you would keep bad things from happening. Yeah. And there was that – and then there's a, a – you know, so there's a lot of scriptures that can support or 
you know, reinforce that idea. Um, and yet you look at everybody who wrote those scriptures, everybody, including Christ, who spoke those scriptures, and horrible things happened to all of them. And yet they yeah. you know, somehow didn't find that questioning. Yeah, they, we, we're living longer. We have less we've, – we've kind of – using technology, we've eliminated pain in a lot of ways, the convenient – we've eliminated a lot of sicknesses. Yeah. We appreciate life probably less than any generation before us. The, value, the, the quality of life is better. The value of life hmm. – uh, is diminishing. And so it's that, where's that purpose and where's that? I don't know. It's, it's, um, I don't know. It's strange, but the information age, we're definitely not a lick smarter. There's a comedian named Pete Holmes that talks about that, about how, um, when you used to, because you used to have conversations with people. If you didn't know something, you just have to ask. You just have a thought come into your head and you'd be sitting with somebody to be like, where is Tom Petty from? I'm going to butcher this joke. But he's like, Where's Tom Petty from? You'd be like, I, I don't know. And you would just have to sit there not knowing with this other person. And it, it was something to it. And then like, you'd forget about it. Right. And then a year later, you'd be with somebody, you know, and at a coffee shop and she would have a Tom Petty shirt on. You'd be like, Tom Petty, you're a Tom Petty fan too. Yeah. yeah. Where's he from? And she'd be like, Gainesville, Florida. And you'd be like, Gainesville. And that is how you met your wife. <laughs> so it's like we've robbed ourselves of these opportunities because yeah. we just Google it. Oh, it's from Gainesville. And then you're on to the next thing. Yeah. You don't like, even remember it. It's right. so much different. You're like, yeah, whatever. You just know. No, I'm, I actually am trying to discipline myself when I don't know something yeah. to sit there until I can remember it. Like really? if I know I'm supposed know to know it. Is that a – you know you're supposed to be like you're punishing yeah. yourself. <laughs> no, it's like I'm not. You're better than this, John. I know. Like don't don't take the easy way out and pick up the phone. You know, like don't do it. Like sit here and use the other phone in your brain. There's another. Well, it's not really a phone. I don't think you have a phone in your brain. <laughs> in other news, John has a phone <laughs> in his brain. I do think it has to do with um, all of this has to do with we feel in control. We, yeah. We feel like. I'm in control intellectually. I have to – the only kind of faith that I can embrace is one that I can completely understand and justify every mystery in question with an answer. Um, you know, I read that. I read somewhere where faith before – like for all of history was a, a stationary given, whether – regardless of Christianity, all faiths, was something that you adapted your mindset mm-hmm. to – to accommodate like, okay, this is truth. And so therefore it changes the way that I think yeah. and that the modern age has, especially in, in the ultra modern age, we flipped that now that our mindset is the ultimate truth. Right. And that we are adapting whatever faith we have to accommodate it. Yeah. It's the old, there's an old saying, I, I can't remember who said that, but it said, God, God made man in his image and we've been making God in our image ever since. Yeah. So there's something to that. We're whittling him down to fit in our box, uh, whatever that means. If it means, well, that I'm not going to even look at that scripture because that means that God expects this of me or whatever. Right. Or that God's a little bit patriarchal for my taste. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that. And so you just keep you keep whittling him down until he's this safe God, yeah. uh, which is you're really kind of uh, you're making him neutral. You're you're. You know what I'm saying? When you whittle him down that much, it's like you can take the mystery out of it. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of faith. But 
I mean, I'm guilty of it for sure. I'm guilty of it for sure, you know, because there's just things you just go, I can't comprehend that this doesn't seem fair to me. Or you read a scripture, you have a hard time chewing on, you're like, uh, and then you just kind of set it aside. Yeah. And before you know it, you've kind of like ignored that facet of things. You're like, oh, okay, well, I'll move on to the, the ooey gooey stuff about God that I just love, you know? Yeah. And you just, it's easier to do. Well, and I certainly think I have seen lots of, uh, there, there's more there if we're willing to search. I think it's okay to ask the questions. I do. I, I'm not a. I'm not a. Well, just accept it. You know. I, I think that there's. That's a part of God's plan. I think that that those who are willing to seek. I mean, He's always said. I, you know, you will find. Um, and whether or not every little there, there's some there's some striking some balance. Again, it's on that boat. Yeah. I don't need to feel like that. I need to understand God in order for God to be in control. That that's a that's a negative thing, um, because I have a false sense. Life will continually just kick the crap out of me if I think I'm in control of it. Right, and then I will I'll constantly be in 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 questioning and and instead of like you know and Laura, you know, it happened to me last night. You know, my mom's really struggling. You know, she's in pain, shoulder surgery, and I keep. It was a year over, almost a year ago when she fell. At my and I just it's like why why did she have to fall yeah like I had I said that because I was tired and frustrated and and my wife said you know and, and and we all agree we don't know why but I do I really struggle was at my house I feel some guilt I feel you know yeah. not I don't feel responsible but like man you know, my dad had just passed it'd been a month it was our first meeting together as a family and um you know it was just such a setback just such a big setback you know and and, and emotionally and, and physically for mom yeah um. She says there's so many questions about why that can't be answered, but there's because for all you know, you know, she could have been in a car wreck the next day if she wouldn't have been in the hospital. She can't. I mean, there's right. a there's a million things that you're not in control of or even knowledgeable of, and that sounds like a cop out. But I was like, you know, you're exactly right, and that's what I need to be reminded of. Like the the moment I try to. To, to feel like that because God has given me a mind that can learn and a mind that's made in his image that I, it's identical to his. Yeah. You know, that I can't limit myself, that I can't put boundaries in myself to understand my limitations is the moment that I am, am, am going to become, like you said, I'm going to try to make God right. an image of, of what I can encapsulate within this brain of mine. Um, and it's not good. Like it's not – it doesn't bring fulfillment anyway. Yeah, and there's so many things like um, struggle creates uh, good things. And so when we take – even boredom, like boredom used to be a huge part of our all of our lives before smartphones. So who knows how many things were created in those moments of there's nothing right. to do. And you start thinking about – you mull things over and you think about the nature of things and then an idea pops into your head. Now it's like, okay, even like, if you're the, the funniest moment I think about the other day is the relief. It's not. It's like an endorphin rush when you're you're not looking at your phone. You're at dinner with your wife. You're focused on her. You're talking about your day. You're not looking at your phone, and then she gets up to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and you immediately grab your phone. Grab your phone because what, what am I going to do? Stare into the abyss? Right. Like. Just stare across the table like an idiot. But what did we do before phones? When people went to the bathroom, we just had to stare there, like folding our our napkin, readjusting. Like, what did we do? I don't know. Did we go to the bathroom too? Okay, we'll both go. 
we looked around the room at people, maybe even said something to some of them. I don't think we said things to people who were at other tables, John. Maybe. No, you didn't. Hey. Hey, hey, I, how you doing? And I, you enjoying the veal? <laughs> what are you? You're crazy. <laughs> you did by, not do that. By we, I mean like generationally. Generationally, yeah. yeah. Well, yes. Uh, no, I never did that. But it is. I don't know. It's it's weird. And I think about that like as a as somebody who's a creator of ideas. And I I mean I'm not trying to over glorify what I do because it's dumb and it's dumb jokes. And I'm very lucky to have this job. But but I do think would I be more creative or less creative if we removed this? And it may be on its way out, by the way. Facebook is maybe dying a slow death now. You know, he's on trial mm. for like privacy. There's all these over they overstep their bounds of privacy and data gathering and all these things. And it's like mm. the funniest part is the government is putting them on right. trial for this. Who had the Patriot Act and every possible thing? We've all been being wiretapped for years. And it's like, all right, Zuckerberg. You're going to pay for these crimes. Literally last night, my wife said something out loud. It was, it was, uh, it was, uh, oh, was this one of those where it became an ad after you said it? Well, no, she said, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what, uh, putrid throat was. Yeah. And literally she picks up her phone and starts to type is what was the name of the disease? And it auto filled putrid throat. Yeah. But that could be, why, know, why would they choose that? Because they, they know and your, ne- many they know your Netflix, po- they know your Netflix history. But they're linked. Putrid throat, though, is was not in any of the descriptions. Like it was just yeah. something that happened in one of the shows. But they know your Netflix history, so they're like, when you type in what was the name of the disease. But, but I'm saying though, if it's not, how would they had? It's not digitized. It's not in words anywhere. Yeah. Like how did they? I wonder if the phone was listening, Johnny. The phone knew that we had been talking about putrid throat. I mean, would you know you be, that's what. Would you feel better or worse if that was happening? I don't think I'd feel any different. It's at reaching all. out to help you. <laughs> These devices want to help. Well, make didn't your Alexa? Life didn't Alexa call the police during a domestic abuse situation because it heard and and I heard that that it called oh my the police gosh. that somebody was getting beat and it called and police <sighs> showed up at the door. Wow. Which I mean, I have and the police were actually five Alexas. It was just like <laughs> the little <laughs> the little devices. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's it is it, it is, is weird. But we, I have we, nothing to hide. You're welcome to listen. Okay, I mean, sure. It'd be a boring thing to listen. We, in but, on. we removed pain. We removed boredom. We removed uh, inconvenience. And what's happening? We think we're creating a utopia, and now we're starting to see like, oh wow, like Marty uh, Simpson, who you're working on his book, and he's been my friend for years, and all this stuff's happening. And he's such a great, uh, funny guy, and uh, he's raising two kids, teenage kids, a, a girl and a boy, and. His daughter is 17, 17, I believe. Anyway, she said more than once to him, I wish I was born in another generation. Hmm. She's the first person I've ever heard, and I'm sure there's more of her, more people like her. Yeah. She says, boys do not look me in the eye when they hmm. talk to me. They always, uh, they always look at their phone. Hmm. She hates text messaging. Like she's on Twitter and stuff and is, 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 relevant on social media and she does things but it's like she also sees old videos and you see an old concert in the park like jeffrey told me he watched an old paul simon in central park concert on hbo or something mm-hmm. and he goes these they show these crowd shots and everybody's just watching the show <laughs> nobody's holding a phone up recording it they're just paul simon's in central park 1986 or whatever let's all watch this show and enjoy it as a collective group of humans we can't even do that anymore. There's always some dude holding up his big iPad oh. so he can get a grainy video that he's never going to watch again or or broadcast it to sh- to prove to you 
then he's better off than you because he got the $90 ticket to the Paul Simon. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah. We're ruining the we world. Are. We are. I'm glad that she's taking and applying it to boys. So yeah. we were riding the car to volleyball last night, and Sadie and this other girl that we pick up sometime, her friend, they were talking, and, and Sadie's got a boy in class. Yeah. Her boy in her grade. Yeah. Who has been known to put horrible things in his mouth, like things out of your nose, and apparently a worm this week. Things out of your nose. Yes. I don't want to, I don't want to use the word. Okay. But, um, you know, because I want her to not call You know what's in your nose, listeners. I don't want her to call him what he gets called because we're not going to call people names, you know. But because Booger Eater is not a title, I want her. I mean, you know. Does he have a B name too, like Bobby the Booger Eater? (laughs) I don't, I don't think so. But, um, I don't think it works. Alliteration makes it worse. Oh, absolutely. But she says something like, yeah, boys are stupid. And I said, you know, here's the deal. I know I tell you that boys – I, I don't want you to let boys off that easy. Yeah. Like if you just start believing now that boys are stupid, then when a boy comes along that's stupid, you're just going to – and you like him. Yeah. You're going to be like, oh, well, boys are stupid, so I can put up with this, this, this. No. No, I want you to hold that boy responsible right. for his stupidity or he needs to not be stupid. I said, and when I bring you the right one, then you'll know. Well, oh, like yes, that. right. When it's when I <laughs> arrange this marriage, well, and she doesn't need to set her. She doesn't need to think that boys are stupid just because she'll be all that much more disappointed when she makes seventy five percent of what they make for the same job. Hey, not my kid. She'd be like, "This boy's stupid," and yet he's my boss. No, no that's true. I, I, <laughs> I expect those kids to be working from or those boys. Of course, be by then we've probably already reversed all this, and it's a total flip flop. And now we're gonna have like we're gonna men. Well, if they if they truly. If they truly were to base it upon a building intelligence, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, we're all they, in trouble. The, the girls are smarter. They are. And they I don't think – I think we're equal. I think it's OK to say that we're equal. We're different. It's OK for us to be different too though. That's I'm okay. saying that girls seem to apply themselves more than most of the guys I know in terms of – But do you of, think, that, again, that, that could be because of the struggle? Uh, absolutely. Maybe, perhaps We've created so. an environment where they feel like they have to struggle. Like I can depend on the females more than the males. So if, if we just handed them – Promotions, uh, maybe we'd be doing them a disservice. Right, You're welcome. Turner, You're w- welcome, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> now they turn around, and in fifty right. more years, now yeah. we're worried about. I don't know. So we'll um, we'll sort that out. Though. That's <laughs> we'll bring this back on the next episode. Yeah. We're uh, we're out of time. We'll do. A- <laughs> we're out of time today, um, and uh, we're gonna go to lunch. I think. Okay, aren't we? I, I want you to order first. I don't know if I will. I want you to set the tone. I started eating good this week, even though I'm sick. So I'm going to eat good whether you. I don't care what you order. This is when I break the. People I'm going to eat good, good, and by that I mean delicious. <laughs> Are you? I you're just going to eat. Well, I've been on. I've been in Orlando, uh, so, what so do you we're going to reverse it today. I've been eating funnel cakes, and you're going to come home and get. You're going to get the. Uh, what's the deep fried sandwich they have there? Oh, the Monte Cristo. You're going to get the. No, the, I've not had that in years. Oh, the Monte. That's one of those like. That's your jailhouse last <laughs> meal kind of a thing. Like, well, look. Right, it's not gonna matter. It doesn't matter if my pants don't fit. Bring me. The They're gonna <laughs> lethal injections on its way. So <laughs> Monte Cristo, it is. It's not a like. Let's have this and then go have a productive day. Sandwich. Oddly enough, that was what they originally called it was lethal injection because that's pretty much what it's doing to you. Yeah, it is a straight deep fried. Yeah, like donut. It's like a donut sandwich. I wonder put, how it got its name. The Count of Monte Cristo. It, do you think there's a relation to the sandwich? Is there a link? I don't know. There's a Earl of Sandwich is how they got See, this sandwich. is one of those things where we would we could look it up, but no, I don't want to. No. Let's sit here. Let's see who brings us the answer. Of course, we're doing it Somebody technologically. Somebody tweet us the answer. What is the sandwich? <laughs> Isn't that the same thing, though? And then there was the Earl of Sandwich who invented the sandwich, oh. named it after himself, 
Loser. He named it after his town. Oh. Well, that's not as bad. <laughs> that's why he's the Earl of Sandwich. But I'm saying, like, that's still a little bit. Where does close. his. Where does he his... was the first person to put meat between bread. You so know, your last me? name Your last name comes from a town. There's no doubt. Somewhere there's a wedding town. That's Weddington. how you came to Weddington. Yeah. yeah. So that's your name. So you could have called it the Weddington. But technically, you'd be naming after your town, not your name. Anywho, Johnny, there's the possibilities are endless. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, thanks for listening. Be sure to share and uh, send us your any questions, topics, things you want to talk about, questions you have for Johnny about his exciting life, and his travels around the world, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd love to uh, we'd love to, to give you a shout that. out on talk about that. We'll see you next time. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com. Dot com.